Welcome in to the CHGO White Sox Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome in to Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm Sean Anderson. Follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. You can follow the show on Twitter at CHGO underscore White Sox. We have a larger panel than usual. It's usually three, and that's not, you guys look great. Thank you. Uh, yeah, backhanded compliment right there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you got th- usually got three of us, but now uh, we have a fourth. Uh, that's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. Diehards, if you did miss it, uh, there is a little Vinny uh, newsletter out to you, so you can learn on some uh, funny stuff from spring training, including uh, some Andrew Benatendi and Joe Kelly back and forth. Got Jared Willis. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at J Willis Wise instead of Eyes uh, when you're looking that up on Twitter. And that's Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Actonroll23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader and our producer, Stephen Nicholas. Great day. It feels like we're getting even closer to opening day because Stephen's producing us. So uh, uh, a, a nice sight there. And what's up, Connor and Melissa in the chat? Uh, today we're going to recap a little bit about the World Baseball Classic. Uh, Cuba uh, played and lost to the Netherlands. I was wrong not only about Cuba but also about Chinese Taipei. Uh, they got smoked by Panama. Um, <laughs> Panama! <laughs> Team Van Halen is off to a rip-roaring start. Thank you to Carlos Lee. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> probably. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Tim Anderson uh, and his playing time, path to playing time uh, for Team USA and uh, how much of Tim will actually see in the 2023 World Baseball Classic. And then finally, we'll do a little bit of uh, pro- uh, projections. Actually, we'll, we'll start with the projections. Why don't we get into it? We uh, projected who will lead the team in hits in 2023, uh, two shows ago. And today we're going to be doing innings pitched. Um, so let's jump into uh, last year. Let's talk a little bit about who led the team last year, uh, You know what we were looking at. Obviously, Dylan Cease was the leader. Um, started the most games for the White Sox last season, 184 innings pitched, 32 games started. Next up, Johnny Cueto. Or actually, it was Lucas Giolito, my bad. Um, Lucas Giolito at 161 and two-thirds. Then Johnny Cueto, and the one difference there between Johnny Cueto and Lucas Giolito, Lucas Giolito, 161 innings pitched, 30 games. Johnny Cueto, 158 innings pitched, 25 games. Lance Lynn, 121 and two-thirds innings pitched. And Michael Kopech, 119 and one-thirds innings pitched. Look at 2021, White Sox had five starters over 130 innings pitched. Didn't get that in 2022. Um, is this the biggest or most important group of players, like infield, outfield, starting pitchers, relief pitchers, catchers? Like, what is the most important position group, and is it the starting pitchers? I mean, in a vacuum with every team in baseball, I would say, yes, starting pitching is is the most important position group. When it comes to the White Sox and the 2023 White Sox, I think what you're looking at is some confidence that the starting rotation is going to do its job or do go a long way toward uh, doing its job and having a lot of success. So, if you're asking me the question, what is the most important position group for the White Sox in 2023? Yeah, sure, the starting pitching could carry them to the playoffs and 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 deep into the playoffs, perhaps. But that's kind of what we're expecting, right? So I think the who needs to answer the bell part of it is definitely on the offensive side. If you're going to cut it up into infield or outfield, I guess you say outfield just because Robert and Aloy are so important. Benintendi's uh, a new guy, but you could put the exact same criteria on the infield. Boy, T.A. needs to have a bounce back. Moncada needs to have a bounce back. Andrew Vaughn needs to be better than he was a year ago. So um, I think the the if, if you want to use the word pressure, and boy, they hate the word pressure in, uh, in a professional baseball clubhouse, but uh, if you want to use the word pressure, the pressure is on the offense to carry their load because the starting pitching is being expected probably to do that. Yeah, I think of the areas of the roster that I'm least worried about, it's the starting pitching. Um, this, yeah, it's it's the outfield is a lot of it, and a lot of that relates to health. Do you do you get healthy seasons from Robert? Do you get a healthy season from Jimenez? Um, and then bounce back seasons. So as far as like when I look at who I'm expecting to to perform, I spend the least amount of time worrying over whether or not starting pitching is going to be there. Cause I'm most confident that those guys are going to do their jobs. There's a lot of veterans on that staff and that's part of the reason why. And there's a lot of, you know, the resumes are, are pretty long with some of those guys too. So when I'm looking at what's the most important aspect of this team, yeah, I, I, that's, 
honestly, that's the last part of the roster I'm, I'm looking at. Yeah, starting pitching is, for every team, I think, is the most important position group. And for the White Sox, it is the same, too, because of who's pitching for them. We see how much money they're giving to mediocre to above-average pitchers nowadays. The reason is pitching's hard, and starting pitching to find it is really hard. So the White Sox having at least four good starters and maybe a fifth is a blessing. And as Jared says, I don't worry about them necessarily getting injured. Lancelin did get injured last year, and same thing with Lucas Giolito, but those weren't of their careers. Like, this is not how they get down. Like, the hitters are more injury-prone, and put those in quotes, than what the pitchers are. So, yeah, the starting pitchers for the White Sox and I think league-wide are the most important position group. Um, I was just distracted by the horn, honestly. And it was the horn comment by uh, Baloney. Uh, <laughs> you guys didn't watch. You didn't watch the World Baseball Classic last night, right? as, as we've established, I don't get MLB yeah. Network. Okay. So. You, did you oh, it was on Fox Sports Network. Oh, was it? Fox right. Sports 1. I wonder if I get that. Yes. <laughs> I have to admit, last night's game was, that's like past my bedtime. So, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I watched the first two at-bats from both Luis and Yoan Moncada. And after that, I was just dead dog tired. So I went to sleep at like 11. So I, I stayed up. Uh, the, the horn Why? was ridiculous. Because um, he's, he's 17. Yeah. Um, well, and two, I mean, I was, I was just baseball was back. Like, there's, I don't know. I, I'm feeling it. You weren't bored I, after, like, three innings? Absolutely not. Oh, that God, game was, was, like, decently close. Like, it, it was it was the whole damn time. It wasn't. It was yeah, fine. Because <laughs> you're, you're all they, used to pitch clock. Exactly. I've, I've seen pitch clock. I've seen Hampered. the mountaintop. I can't go that, back down to the valley. Slow as hell. <laughs> I felt a little bit bad after making my joke that he should be, like, pelted with eggs and stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, a, there's a Japanese uh, makeup ad where it's, like, oh, you could just see you, there's no mess. So they uh, you I know, saw it. It, uh, made, put makeup on this uh, model uh, and then just threw eggs at her um, oh, and, and splashed mean. water on her. Well, yeah. but it was she got paid for it. Well, sure. Still not yeah. a glamorous job. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. But, you know, hey, got to show off the makeup. You know, someone, someone's got, it's Mike Rowe probably covered it on Dirty Jobs. Is um, there a better way to show off the makeup? But uh, <laughs> no, yeah, that's eggs. the only way you can do it. <laughs> I would think eggs. Um Sorry, my brain now wanted to just also mention Happy International Women's Day. Um, after I after. probably should have started, I probably should have started the show with that. Um, shout out to Melissa who's always hanging out with us in the chat, uh, and to Janice Gario and Casey. I also saw Casey over there, so I was like, oh, I got to bring Sarah who produced the bet show. I'm all over the place today, guys. Um, and Carmi so, V too, and Carmi V. I've got Bears, Bears, yeah. Bears. I um, saw her last night with Mark Carmen. No, they were on the NBC Sports Chicago oh, show there you go. together. Um, let's go to 2023 projections, though, because we talked about 2021. Uh, they got five pitchers who pitched 130 innings or more. Last year, they only had three pitchers do that, even though Lucas was injured. Um, he still posted uh, 30 games for him last year. But Cease, Giolito, and Cueto were the only ones over uh, 130. But Fangraph's steamer has the White Sox, five guys, um, projected to go over 140 innings pitched. Dylan Cease at 188, Lance Lynn at 183, Lucas Giolito at 176, Clevenger at 151, and Michael Kopech at 147. I think the most surprising part there is Michael Kopech. I know he told you he wants to pitch 180 and 200 innings. Um, I know you have a trivia question stemming off of that article as well. Um, people can check, go check out that article at allchgo.com. Uh, but Kopech pitching 147, I think the White Sox would be thrilled if he did that. Maybe. I mean, listen, he's he's healthy, right? I mean, he's obviously we, we know that he's maybe a, a, just a, a tick behind some of the other guys because he wasn't able to focus on those, you know, pitch tweaks and all that mechanics stuff during the offseason when he was trying to get himself health, healthy. But guess what? He's healthy now. Like, And as he keeps reminding us, as people keep reminding you, uh, you as baseball reference will remind you when you go look at his, uh, his page and his time in this organization, not a kid anymore. Uh, you know, I mean, we we treat him like, oh, one day he's going to be this uh, this great guy that the that the White Sox can unleash uh, on the rest of baseball. He's been in this organization for a long time. That trade was made in 2016. It is 2023. Uh, he he is ready. He is a he is a uh, in, in terms of uh, his body. He is a he is a veteran, right? He's a he's a finished product, so to speak. Obviously, he's got uh, uh, a lot to do in logging those innings and, and having that success that everybody's projected for him. But uh, I think that those goals for him 
They might sound hyperbolic because, as you've pointed out, so few pitchers reach those kind of numbers today, but he should be expected to throw a ton of innings. He should be expected to stop with the with the you know injuries all the time and be able to go out there and, and, and every fifth day throw six innings. And that's what he wants to do. That's what the White Sox want him to do. You talk about, you know, what is their what are their internal expectations for him? They're to be good enough and healthy enough to make a one hundred and forty seven inning season look like a small number. Yeah, I mean, you, you'd want for that to be sort of the low end of his inning total, mm-hmm. you know, across maybe a few years of his career. Because, yeah, he's been here for a while. This is, you know, this isn't some young kid that we're kind of waiting on to see him realize his potential. There have been other factors that have kept him away from the field and off of the mound. But, I mean, this is what he was brought to the White Sox to be. He was brought here to be a starting pitcher and really more of a middle, top of the rotation kind of guy. Um, and yeah, again, there's stuff that has gotten in the way of that happening to this point, but I still think, yeah, I'm a little, you know, 147 feels like a lot for him based on what he's done so far, but based on the kind of guy he is, I think that I take the over on that. Well, I'll, I'll just say, I'll throw this criteria in there too. This little bit of it in there too. A lot of folks, uh, uh, Sox fans are down on Lucas Giolito after the kind of year that he had last year. If you're one of those people, you probably think Michael Kopech is going to be one of the White Sox top three pitchers in 2023. Your top three starting pitchers should probably get over that 150 inning mark. Uh, Easily. It would not necessarily be shocking from that standpoint. If he's going to be one of the top three pitchers on this team, and he certainly has the caliber, to, uh, the, the, the ability to do it, regardless of what Lucas does this year, um, he should be expected to go over that number. I know you're the math guy on the show, but I just did some quick math. If he pitches 147 innings in the 25 starts that he did last year, I know one was a short one where he got taken out because he was injured, that would be close to six innings pitched, 588. Um, That would lead, I think, last year's team of uh, pitchers as far as uh, per start, uh, innings per start, which is very, very hard to believe that Michael Kopech will be that guy. So I got to think that he's got to be healthy enough to pitch 30 innings, and that 147 comes closer to the five innings that he's used to pitching. So I'm not sure if he can pitch. Like 147 is a low number, and so, yeah, I'll go over if I expect him to be better. But I don't see him being as good as they say because I believe that he is a little bit more injury-prone than other players are on the on that pitching staff. So 147 might be in the in the driver's seat for him, especially if he, st- if he makes 25 starts. I'll actually be happy about that because that's pretty good for him. That's what he did last year, and I think growing off of that would be nice. Are you just doing innings pitched divided by game started or games pitched? Innings pitched divided by game started. Yeah, Cueto last year was 6.3. So. I mean, not, I mean, not on the team. I'm saying people on the team. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I got you. Not, he's he's, he's, he's persona non grata anymore. So, so out of Cease, Giolito, Lynn, yeah. Kopech. Got yeah. you. Um, yeah, I mean, you even talk about just the maturity, like the, the player that he was when he was in 2016, and just uh, physical maturity. In 2016, then you look at him in the Futures game in 2018. Um, him on that Miami mound... He looks very thin. Like his face just looks, he looks like a completely different person. Yep. You know, now he's got a beard, long hair, but like the body definitely looks like that of a starting pitcher. Um, he, he seemed very wiry. He seemed kind of like a little bit like Gumby, like a little bit like uh, just, just long limbs coming at you uh, in 2018. But now it feels like a, a pitcher, um, just like a full kind of like Noah Syndergaard um, man coming at you. So um, he's a big guy. It, I mean, but yeah, that's, yeah, he's a. <laughs> He's muscly. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's filled a, out. He's yeah. a he's a big dude. Is right. he finally yeah. bigger than Lucas Giolito? Because I remember last year Lucas came in all yoked, and I was like, man, he's making Michael Kopech look wow. small. It's hard to say that's, that anybody looks bigger than someone who's six foot seven. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, musculature. Yeah. Like, I mean, was mu- he muscle like, wise? I think Kopech looks more muscular, but yeah, Giolito's so tall and broad shouldered that he just. He makes everybody look small. Well, how does Giolito look compared just like, like he kind of looked a little skinny. I mean, it's just like he looks skinnier, like visibly, like just looking at like last year spring training compared to this year. But like, like did he lose definition in muscle? Like, I don't know. Like, how does that show up in like professional athletes? Like, does Kopech just look well, more filled baseball's out? Baseball's different than yeah. basketball, which is different than football. You know, I mean, like, yeah, how many of the, how many of the Blackhawks, if they walk down the street, are you going to be like, oh my God, that dude's jacked. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Versus the Bulls who... Basically, every pro basketball player looks 
you know, muscly and superhero-y kind of sometimes, whereas baseball players, it varies by position. It varies by every individual. It's, you yeah. have a wide array of uh, <laughs> physical shapes on a baseball <laughs> roster. Some of those guys, you look at them and you're like, how do you do this? You know, how, how does that body produce what it does? But Yeah, Duncan no. Keith's not that big. I saw him one time at Wishbone. I was like, hmm, that man plays hockey? More power to him. He's like my height, but, you know, filled out a little bit more. Um, Not as flappy. Who's the who's the dude from uh, the Netherlands? Wilder uh, Ballant. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like that guy. I mean, he's got he's the your mean your mean Mercedes going on. So, man after um, my own heart. Yeah, and your means looking all different now too. Um, go look up. You showed I yeah. Kevin Kadak pictures of what your mean looks like now. Um, Jacked up arms and slim waist. Yeah, look looking like he he edited himself on a, a, a photo <laughs> editor. Um, let, let's go to uh, the projections or, or my odds for. Most innings pitched. Um, Dylan Cease is the leader, minus 115. Um, he's made over 30 starts in every single season that he has been a major league pitcher. Uh, Lance Lynn at plus 100. Um, we've seen him get up to 180 before, I think three times, you said, um, in his career. Uh, Luke Giolito has led the team back in 2021 in innings pitched. He's at plus 350. Uh, and then Clevenger at plus 17. 50, uh, so 175 to 1, uh, and then uh, Michael Kopech, uh, or that'd be 17 and a half to 1, uh, and then Michael Kopech at 18 to 1. Uh, Clevenger has reached 200 innings pitched um, in his career before, but uh, looking at this, like, who do you guys have to put your money on? Who who would you put your money on to lead the team in innings pitched in 2023? I mean, I think it could be any one of those top three guys. I mean, I, I think there's so much around Lucas because of what happened last year that you'd probably, a lot of folks would not lean in his direction, but this is a guy who was looking like one of them workhorse-type starting pitchers three years in a row, basically, and for, for him to um, bounce back, like, I mean, he, he said about the body, we were talking about, you know, him losing weight and everything, he says, listen, when I was having my success, this is what my body was like, so I said, all right, let's go down to that. Um, it makes a lot of sense, and, and if he can bounce back from a performance standpoint, we know. You just read it off the number from last year when, by his measures, by a lot of fans' measures, he was no good at all, you know, and he still logged that many innings in a season where he where the production wasn't there. If he can produce, if he can perform the way he wants to, I mean, are, why are you taking him off the mound? You know, I mean, there's no reason to. If, he's, if he can combine those two aspects of what he's done which he again he has done in the past you know Herb when we talk about Lucas we always go man there were those flashes there have been those moments over his career where it's like you look at him and you say yeah ace number one the guy that can carry this that guy's still in there and and it doesn't mean he's going to be the best on the team this year because boy Dylan Cease had an amazing season last year and Lance Lynn is Lance Lynn you know what I've been saying about him for the last couple of weeks, I think he can uh, be as good as he's been uh, in 2023. There are three guys that could lead this team. Um, if I had to pick one, I'd probably go Lynn just because I think, again, he's a guy, why are you taking him out? And and I know the, the health stuff last year, but we saw him at the end of last year, and it looked like that was way beyond behind him. He is ready to go right now. He threw four innings yesterday in a Cactus League game to set him up for Team USA here in the World Baseball Classic. I just think he's got an early start on 2023, and uh, I think he's going to have a really big season. I think uh, he would be my pick to lead the team in innings pitch this year. Yeah, I like Lynn too, but I think uh, Giolito is, is – also, for me, one of the, the guys who I'm the most intrigued by because it's not as if he hasn't done it before. We've seen the kind of pitcher that he can be when he's at his best. Um, and we've also seen, I think he's he's a guy who is very like introspective, I think is very thoughtful about what he's doing and what's working and what's not working. We've had the conversations with him about, you know, when he's gone from being, you know, really struggling on the mound to his periods of success. He's pretty open about like, yeah, this is, this is what's going on with me. This is what's happening. So um, I have, I have some confidence in him to really have a bounce back season in 2023. And so I kind of like him to, to work his way back to the top of that rotation, just in terms of performance, whatever the order of the rotation is, that's a different conversation. But um I, just, I, I trust that guy to have thoughtfully examined what happened with him in 2022, make the adjustments, do the work, and then the guy, the Giolito that we're going to see this year, I believe is going to be much improved. So 
I'm a big Lance Lynn fan. Love the guy, but I'm going to go Giolito. The even money on Lance Lynn is the easiest one I would go with because he's led the league in innings pitch before in his career. And so I would say, like last year, even his innings pitch per start was higher than Dylan Cease's and higher than um, Lucas Giolito's. The only one that was higher was Johnny Cueto. So with that, with his 21 starts that he pitched, I would expect 32 this year as he usually pitches. And then he's getting the head start over all the rest of the guys by pitching in the World Baseball Classic. So beginning of the year, he'll be that much ahead of those guys. But you're giving me three and a half point, uh, dollars to, uh, to my one dollar. Man, I'm picking Lucas, Lucas Giolito because of walk year, because of what Jared just said. He has to, you know, he's had times and um, uh, Vinny has said like times where he's been the ace and now he's back to his actual weight where he has had success. And think about this. We have a new manager in here. He's going to be leaning on Ethan Katz and his opinion of when when should I go and get this guy and who does Ethan Katz know the best he knows Lucas Giolito the best and so he'll know like ah he's in trouble he's he's laboring right now he's a little tired so go and get him and I think he'll give him a little bit more rope with Lucas Giolito because he knows the man a little bit more than everybody else I mean, he knows everybody, yeah, but he I knows mean, he's been pitching coach for since 2021. And I understand, Dylan, but, he, but Lance, he knows Kopech. him since high school, so he knows yeah. the actual person and when he's laboring, when he's telling the truth, when he's lying to him. And so I think that Pedro will be leaning on Ethan Katz more than what Tony would be leaning on Ethan Katz. Not a slight to Tony, just a a thing uh, that I observed that I think that the man will be more collaborative in his managing style. I agree with that, but I I don't know if that I mean. Lance Lynn has thrown 200 innings three times. I think that's just, you know, yeah. the, the horse might go farther mm-hmm. rather than, I don't know. I mean, just, I don't know if that's dependent on the relationship, really. I, I'm just, no, I'm just saying, like, won't, won't you think that Pedro would be like, I don't know when to take him out? And no, he'll I, be I like, agree, but I'm just saying, like, I don't know if that, that, that rope is longer for Lucas compared to Lance Lynn because I, they knew him since he was in high school. Just like, I mean, Lance Lynn is a proven MLB pitcher, and yeah. I would say a more proven MLB pitcher, so I don't know why that rope wouldn't be longer. I mean, he's a, a pitching coach. Because the relationship's different. I disagree. Okay. Um it's not. It's not a bad thing. No, I know. I was just. I'm just trying to. I'm just also trying to, Lance Lynn might fight you if you try to take him. I out agree. Of the game, he might. So, yeah. He might bite. <laughs> I mean, we saw him. We saw Joe McEwen almost get eaten. That's what it might boil down to: is who are you most intimidated to go and take the ball from <laughs> on the mound? Yeah, there's only one. It, there's only one answer to that question. That might make it easier for him to take the ball from Lucas. Like, I don't want you to get hurt, man. You know, I got to protect you. Do it. Might, do it in the might, clubhouse. Might, do it in the dugout. Hey, that's six innings. Good job, Lance. Get your ass out. <laughs> And Hold then, him back. And then you can fight in the clubhouse. You don't have to fight in the mound. Just pass him a note. You're going to have to have two guys You have to have two guys set up behind him to grab him yeah. so he doesn't or come just, at you. Or it's probably better. You know when they tell you to break up in public because, you know, it won't be a scene? Do it in five and two-thirds. He can't fight you on the field. He may take you in the clubhouse a little later after. But, you know, you have some reinforcements. Hey, I'm taking Lance out. Go in the clubhouse and have a cop wait, ready for me so he don't beat my ass type of thing. You're gonna tase Lance Lynn. It's a little <laughs> bit too out of uh, out of hand. Um, all right, uh, I, I will say Lance Lynn. So I, I guess my odds are kind of crap because I had Dylan as the favorite. Um, I just don't know if he's gonna be able to hit 184 again with walking 78 guys. I don't know if that's a fixed problem. Um, it just actually keeps getting worse and worse, folks. Um, at least him walking players. So I, I mean, he's a really great pitcher. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know if that's going to lead to more innings. We saw Lance Lynn once healthy down the stretch, 72 strikeouts, six Ks. You already said it. I mean, he, he pitched more innings pitched than Dylan. Um, if he throws 32 innings, I think he absolutely will lead this team uh, innings pitched. And I think the one thing too is he is hitting the ground running and Lance Lynn is a guy that can throw complete games. We saw it in his first start uh, with the White Sox in, in 2021. He might have two complete games just because he's ready to go and everyone else isn't up to that speed. Um, so I really like Lance Lynn. Um, so uh, I, I don't. I probably shouldn't be a bookie is what I learned from this, this <laughs> yes. entire thing. Here's, um, here's the question, though. And, Steven, if you wouldn't mind, could you minimize the comments for a section here so we don't give okay, this good. away to this folks? This is the but trivia. Will any, will any of the starting pitchers on the White Sox become the first White Sox pitcher in five seasons to hit 200 innings? Because, Stephen, hold on, do you know who the last White Sox pitcher to throw, log 200 innings in one season is? You don't have to go quite that far back. You said Law. five seasons. It's five seasons ago? So we're going back to 2018. Jesus. Ugh, I got to think about terrible. Von Nova? 
It is not Avon Champagne Supernova. Is it Jose Quintana? It is not Jose Quintana. Jared, you got a guess? Well, Quintana was going to be my guess. Um, 2018. It's, oh, gosh. 2018 White Sox. That's just terrible. I'm trying to, yeah. It's okay. not Jose Quintana. And he wasn't on the team in 18 either. Is it Dylan Covey? It is not Dylan Covey. <laughs> oh, no. no. Close. Close. I'm sure some Also, you'll remember that five seasons ago, Jose Quintana was on was the Cubs. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Shields, somebody in the comments it? has it. It was big game James uh, Shields. James Shields. Oh. Wait, James, James, James Shields. The last White Sox pitcher yeah. to hit 200 innings in a single season. Wait, yeah, makes sense why James I blocked Shields. that out. All right. I, they just yeah. let him go. <laughs> well, here's the thing. It was, it was, we were talking, we were having the conversation about the, what we've just talked about before the show. And Steven, our producer, I'm, is like, really? Lance Lynn? He's so old. But the last starting pitcher to log 200 oh. innings was a guy at the very end of his career, a guy who had been around for a very long time. You know, it's, it, there's something about those veteran pitchers who, who, who have been around for a long time, who know how to do it. They know how to mm-hmm. take care of their bodies. I mean, guys, there's a reason Justin Verlander won the Cy Young last year. There's a reason that the best one-two in starting pitching one-two in baseball right now might be Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer in New York. Uh, I mean... These guys just know how to do it, and I think Lance Lynn is one of those guys, and that's part of the reason that I would have the confidence that he could be the first guy since Shields to get to 200 innings because it's not about this very careful workload management thing that uh, yeah. you know everybody is 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 incorporating in, in, with the young pitchers. You know, I mean, you guys talk up Sandy Alcantara all the time. This is a guy who um, you know is an incredible talent, but like the Marlins are going to be very careful with him, right? I mean, just the right. well. So, 12 pitchers yeah. since 2021 have thrown 200 innings. And he's one of them, of course, because yeah. I brought it up. Yeah. Alcantara has done it <laughs> twice in 2021 and 2022. Yeah. He's uh, the only guy to do it in both years. Um, but even to your point, one of the guys in 2021, with you know everything that was going on in Adam Wainwright. There you go. Um, See? So, yeah. There's, just, there's, just, there's, there's no leash on these guys. That's right. the thing. And it's like you almost, whether you're the manager, the front office, a, a fan base, you trust them to handle themselves more than you trust anybody else to do it. And I think Lance Lynn falls into that category. And I think there's, sorry, go ahead, Jerry. Yeah, there's multiple factors to that, but yeah, you, you know that the guy knows himself. Um, and it's, it's a physical, there's a physical aspect of it where a guy knows if how he's feeling and how he's doing. But I think there's also just a, you've done it so many times. You've logged so many innings that when an inning starts to go a little South or you have a rough patch during a start, um, you know, it's kind of trite a little bit, but like a veteran pitcher isn't as easily rattled by some of those kinds of things. And, and as a manager, I may feel like I trust that Lance Lynn can handle this. He's worked himself into a jam, but he, you know, mentally, physically, he's up to this task where, yeah, maybe that's why you get the Verlanders and the Wainwrights and some of these guys who it's like, that guy knows what he's doing. I'm going to leave him out there and, and let him, let him take care of this. It seems like a hefty ask nowadays in pitching, but pitching 200 innings in 32 starts is only six and a quarter. So six and a quarter innings pitched each start you go out. And I can definitely see Lance Lynn doing that. Yeah. Um, I just looking at the players who have done it, uh, Alcantara twice, Zach Wheeler, uh, Walker Bueller, Adam Wainwright, uh, Aaron Nola, Miles Michaelis, Corbin Burns, Fran Valdez, Garrett Cole, uh, Merrill Kelly, Shane Bieber. I mean, a lot of veterans in there. Uh, and, you're just listing off the best pitchers in baseball, too. Yeah, I true. mean, like, yeah. it, it's it's very possible that Dylan Cease does hit that number this year. He was only 16 away last year, and I think that's the closest anybody's got since to 200 since Shields, if I'm not mistaken, um, on the White Sox. You yeah. know, so I think that that uh, is is a point in his favor. He just did it, basically. He's just got to he's just got to go a little a little bit more here and there, and Dylan Cease is right at 200. Even the guy that you brought up, uh, Verlander, who finished first, 175. So, I mean, he I mean, he was missed, still about 25 away. but yeah, I mean, missed still, significant time, too. Yeah, 170 is still, you know, significant. Um, do you have anything to add? No. I thought you cut you off there. Um, looking up most innings pitched since 2021, just to make sure it was Dylan. Oh, now it's bringing me back to Ed Walsh. No one asked about that. <laughs> 2018 was the year, right? Ed Walsh yeah. pitched 350 innings. Yeah, we know. Yeah. Ed, Ed Walsh pitched until his arm <laughs> fell off. Um, the junctures out here. Whoa. No, it's not Dylan Cease. This is going to be fun. All right. Ah, oh, Jesus. James Shields, number one, 2018. Dylan Cease, number four, 
2022 okay. at 184. Nova got close. So I think Nova's one of the high ones there, yeah. Nova's three yeah. in 2019 at 187. Who is two and five? It's the same player. Lucas Giolito. No. Lucas Giolito is six, seven, and eight, and 11. He's never. He hasn't gotten to 180, right, Lucas? No, Lucas has gotten to 178, 176, yeah. 173, right. and 161. Whew. It is a it is a current White Sox. Yeah. What you got the <laughs> exactly you got the Jeopardy music. We're gonna be here for a while. No, I want you guys to. It's a current oh, White Sox. Ronaldo Lopez. Ronaldo oh, Lopez. That makes sense. Has yeah. thrown two innings or two seasons with 180 plus. Yeah. I, I know mean, it's just like wow. it's guys. That, the, was it great. was not. It was not too long ago when Reynaldo was the best pitcher and best starting pitcher the White Sox had. Yeah, I knew he was. I know he's a starter, obviously, and he had the the fifteen case. Should he be back in the rotation? No, no. Why not? They found his role because the year he after got the year after <laughs> he was the best pitcher in the Sox rotation, he was the worst. Terrible, and so. That'll happen, and uh, now they now he's coming off a year where he was very good at something. It ain't broke, don't fix it, Sean. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, hey, he can now max effort himself out there, but should he should he be only pitching fifty seven innings though, or like sixty? I mean, could we could we turn him into like a, a hundred plus innings? I mean, why not? Closers get paid too. So do middle relievers. I mean, Andrew Miller got paid. Yeah, I mean, isn't he more isn't he more valuable as a seventh, eighth, ninth inning guy yes. than he is as a long man in that bullpen? Absolutely, right. Well, and especially so this year, given Craig Kimbrell's situation, you don't know, you know, where where your slots. Hendricks, Hendricks, Hendricks. Oh, I'm sorry, Craig I'm, Kimbrell uh, is a is a ghost yeah. of White Sox past. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, yeah, Liam Hendricks, of course. So, um, yeah, where you're slotting in some of those guys is a little less clear, and so, yeah, I, I think you leave Lopez in the role that you've had him. I say well, the same thing for Jimmy Lambert. You found something that they do pretty well. Keep them in those roles. Yeah, but Jimmy Lambert was never an MLB starter. I mean, Ronaldo Lopez has thrown like 400 innings as a starter. I understand. Well, and, and here's the thing, and that too. should be enough to, for you to say, okay, he's not a starter. But and now he but does he this. Got LASIK. He's pretty good. Well, but now <laughs> it's not a joke. He can I see. understand. Here's the thing, Sean. At this point, at this point, he you can't. He can't. I know. You know. What he I mean? doesn't the, want to. No, I'm just saying that the the his arm is not tuned up for that right now. Had you made this decision in awesome. October? That's one thing, right? You know right. what I mean? Okay, hey, Reynaldo, you're going to be that fifth starter guy. Go back to work, and, and, and hopefully you can be uh, worked up by the time spring training rolls around. That is something that I could have seen happening. still unlikely for the reasons we just discussed. But at this point, that is, not, that is a question that uh, doesn't need to come up again until we're talking about 2024. Right, and uh, James said, too, uh, it, that – uh, Lopez was at driveline and that he focused on late inning relief and they mapped out on how to you know get his explosive enough, explosiveness up. So he is turning his body into a, a late reliever uh, type. So And hey, as Melissa says, uh, right now uh, we need a closer. I know you don't think he's got closer makeup. No, I, didn't, I don't say that yet. he doesn't have closer makeup, but you don't want to test that in your year where you're supposed to be competing. I would rather go with more proven guys like Graveman and or Kelly. Well, and also though the way they have it set up, what they appear to be doing, they don't need a guy with clothes or makeup. They just need a guy who's not going to go out there and and you know, for lack of a better term, crap the bed in the ninth inning if they put him out there, right? I mean, they can go to whatever the matchups say: Joe Kelly, Kendall Graveman, Reynaldo Lopez, Jimmy Lambert. When Garrett Crochet's healthy, they could be great Garrett Crochet. Uh, whenever they feel like it. And it doesn't need to be, well, does Reynaldo or Kendall or, or Garrett have the that it factor that makes you such a great closer? Well, it doesn't matter. You're just filling in for the guy who very much does in Liam Hendricks. Go ahead and just pitch this inning, and you might not be pitching the ninth inning for another week and a half. When you well, brought that up, Ronaldo Lopez is a free agent after this year. <laughs> Man. And he's only making $3 million. Man, you got to keep that some bitch <laughs> somehow. I mean, that was a great trade for the uh, White Sox. Good job, Rickon. Did you want anything? I is just speaking of like it factors with closers. I I think we that's a shorter list than maybe we realize. There's not that many who really fit into that role as like the closer for the team. That's the the guy. So, um, I think they're they're okay to go with. Let's Graveman here, Kelly here. What's the matchup look like? Who fits best in that spot? And don't need to worry about it. And really, Sean, I'm sure, too, that there's a lot of 
you know, folks that pour over the data like yourself that probably would argue that's the way to go. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that, that playing those matchups and, oh, and yeah. using your entire bullpen to get those final three outs versus using that one guy to get it. There's probably a lot of things that say that that is a, a good strategy. Uh, I, I always come back to the to that it factor, right? To the fact that you can trust Liam Hendricks uh, mm-hmm. as a small number of baseball players that will go out there and dominate that ninth inning. I think I think nothing really is stood out about like you know either having that guy or not having that guy. Um, most teams just have that guy. I don't know. I mean, it's well, it just but seems I think like isn't that tradition more than anything else? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like let's say Liam Hendricks wasn't in the situation he was he's actually in let's say he's just not on the White Sox anymore the White Sox have the bullpen they currently have are you looking right now, for though, one of the guys on the on that I bullpen think right now to be would, that guy I think if Liam Hendricks isn't on this team I think they immediately make Ronaldo Lopez the closer just because he has that longevity and that possible you know ability to you know but uh, he's be, never te- been tested to see whether he can be right, but that if, guy. if they don't have the safety net in Liam I think that you know they I think that they don't really have to test him to be that guy. You know what I'm saying? This is in a world without Liam, I guess. I'm just saying the bullpen they have right now yes. is full of very good players. Yeah. Is it full of a guy, because Liam Hendricks is not a part of it at the moment, but in this hypothetical world where he isn't at all, do they have the guy to put in the ninth inning, or do they just say, well, this is a baseball team. We have to have a closer. We're going to go ahead and pick one of them to be the ninth inning guy. Or is closer by committee, even in a bullpen that's very talented, the way to go in certain situations. I would say no. They this is more baseball philosophy. They don't have the guy. Pedro. They don't have the guy on the team. But I believe Ronaldo can be the guy. I, I I just think that it's if you have a guy that can do it, you have that guy do it. I think that's mainly what I I don't think there's any data. Just basically, you know, if you have an Edwin Diaz, there's no reason not to and it, to have it an Edwin Diaz. Might be the kind of thing that emerges during the course of the season, where going into the season, you kind of feel like. We're, there's not really a guy, but at some point, one of these guys may establish themselves. And, and they've they've Pedro's made that caveat, caveat a couple of times where it's like you know yeah we really want to just do whatever the matchups say whatever is best but and then he'll throw in there yeah but if someone emerges someone emerges like if Reynaldo Lopez becomes your closer level closer or or heck Kendall Graveman who's you know done it before in right. in a small sample size maybe he's the guy that you know just like all right all of a sudden he's you know, yeah. to to use a White Sox bullpen thing, maybe he's imbued with the power of Thor all of a sudden and gets that <laughs> hammer, and uh, he's going out there and he's doing Liam Hendricks type stuff. Is that still a thing this year? I know it's well, they've changed it up every year. So, okay. two, uh, Liam's first year two years ago, it was uh, it was the uh, Infinity Gauntlet, right? Okay. But they probably realized that well, why do we want to be the bad guy? We would prefer to be the good guy. So they they went ahead and went with uh, the Thor hammer, and uh, who knows? Maybe Liam's working on something else uh, right now for for twenty twenty three. Well, and Graveman's thing's weird too because in Seattle like he was the closer but like he was also a former starter like he never really seemed to be the guy but then they traded him and then like the team was like what the fuck you got rid of our guy um right. so yeah I mean maybe a guy just ends up emerging but we'll, we'll see I think um you know if, if if you could find a guy that I think works consistently I think that probably is is what's best but uh we'll we'll see um it's it's a unique scenario we do know we're talking about the qualities uh, and characteristics of uh of a closer uh you need Balls, friends, uh, and our next one, uh, Roman, also will help you if you have balls as well. Uh, talk about oh, uh, questionable. No. Uh, <laughs> most guys want a better sex life, and about fifty percent of men have symptoms that get in the way of wanting or enjoying sex. Do you want a better sex life? Yes. If so, you're not alone. Uh, Roman is here to help. They're the digital health clinic for men addressing a variety of sexual health needs and offering genuine medication that helps achieve and maintain a strong erection. Not only do they offer medication, but they also offer discreet wipes that help you last four times longer in bed with men in who have low T getting testosterone levels back to normal can help increase your libido and Roman offers a testosterone test which includes lab processing and if it's appropriate for you treatment for low testosterone there are no waiting rooms no hassle and straightforward digital experience from the comfort of your home you, uh, if medication or testing is appropriate for you, Roman will send it directly right to your door. Everything arrives in discreet packaging with free two-day shipping. So you'll just feel comfortable. If you got issues, you get it handled with, and Roman will help you out. So to learn more on how you could achieve your personal sex- sexual health goals, go to row.co slash CHGO to get 20% off your first order. That's row.co slash CHGO. Um, also got to let you know about pins and aces. Steven, golf course. 
it's almost that time. And you got to look fresh. You got to look cool. Go head out to pinsandaces.com. Pins and Aces is the official golf apparel partner of CHGO. We love our Pins and Aces gear, and our guy Steven gets tons of compliments on and off the course when he is rocking his Pins and Aces swag. They are family-owned golf apparel uh, golf and apparel business, and they make amazing polos, hats, golf bags, and even our favorite beer sleeve. They're an innovative product that allows you to store seven beers right inside your golf bag and keeps drinks cold the entire round. Our friends at Goose Island make a 15 case. Again, buy two golf uh, beer sleeves, uh, and then you could put half in one beer sleeve, half in another, and then chug a beer, friends. Uh, so go to pinsandaces.com and use code CHGO to receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com. World Baseball Classic. I was making the point that the guy with the horn should be pelted with eggs, and then I got distracted. Um, going back to that, he apparently is from Houston, follows the team around. The team loves him. They know him. I, I rescind what I said about the horn man. It was just 10 o'clock, and my girlfriend was falling asleep on the couch, and I was like, oh, great, I get to watch baseball. And then, uh, uh, it's, it, was, it wasn't pleasant. You can't really fall asleep with that happening. So I, I was a little bit ticked off. Uh, it became less notable notable uh, with, without, with through the game. So I'm, I'm happy that uh, we get to experience uh, live baseball because even the DR played the Braves, and their general manager, Nelson Cruz, hit a home run, and that place went crazy in an exhibition game. So I'm all ready for baseball, uh, and it's real. The World Baseball Classic is real to me, damn it. <laughs> what is real? It, it is, is happening. Real. Yeah, it, is, it isn't, it isn't it's, a cartoon it's or anything. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's yeah. real stuff. It's, it's real baseball. Hey, man, I keep saying, these guys care. They care. They do. Uh, and uh, it's awesome to see these guys get to do this. I think it's really fun for them. I think it, it is maybe a bigger sell, a harder sell for, for a fan base, you know, who very much, again, we talk about this all the time, baseball being a, um, a local Sports, right? I mean, if you are a White Sox fan, you're watching all the White Sox games, you probably aren't watching as many Dodger games or as many Mariner games or as many Yankee games or anything like that. Um, and so this is uh, even a step removed from the other teams in Major League Baseball. But um, I'm just, I, I just think it's awesome for those guys that get to participate and whether that means, you know, Mike Trout, the best baseball player ever, getting to suit up for Team USA or – the guy who's suiting up for for the Netherlands, the guy who's from you know Amsterdam and gets to play uh, and gets to play for the <laughs> Netherlands team. Uh, I mean, uh, they they get to have a similar experience, and I think that's really cool. I think part of the fun too is getting to see games in other countries and seeing those fans mm -hmm. and the way that you know the way that the fans take in the game because. I forget what year it was, but one of the first World Baseball Classics that I watched, that was like my biggest takeaway was seeing the games that were played in Japan or seeing games that were played in places like the Dominican Republic and just like, man, they, they watch in such a different way than fans do in the United States. And it, it on my personal sports-related bucket list is I want to go see a game in Japan. Like, those people are having a good time. Um, I mean, there's like a literal buzz the entire time that you just you don't have anywhere here. Well, I did think that no beer snakes over there. I haven't seen any beer snakes. Thank so Jesus. Thinking no, of buzz. That's true. Yeah. 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 That's a plus. Still, yes. a, yeah. still a buzz of some kind. They're just not snaking their beer cups, perhaps. Very they're, they're a little bit uh, uh, less, cl uh, more cleanly, I guess. I was going to say, that, yeah. that's my biggest complaint. Do whatever you want in the outfield, that's fine. But, like, that's garbage. You don't need garbage. Or, or don't play with garbage. Literal. <laughs> it's, it's actual garbage. It's art. When it's it's like, garbage. It's community art. It's one of those things where, it's, okay, you did it once, and you get a whatever, it gets a reaction. But when it's August and we're still making the beer snakes, I'm like, and I'm also trying to watch the damn game. Can yeah. I watch the game instead of you doing this damn beer snake? Got it. You guys like to drink beer. Congratulations. But the World Baseball Classic, I don't know if you guys seen these little vignettes they've done on both Team Italy and Team Czech Republic, but they're very enthralling. Team Italy is coached and managed by Mike Piazza, and he took all the players who are going to be participating to Italy just yeah. for a, a little dinner. A little <laughs> because hell because yeah. as we found out yesterday, uh, Hardly anybody from Team Italy, or hardly anybody on Team Italy is it's from, from Italy. So. Exactly. <laughs> and so, like, just like, hey, we're going to convene here. We're going to eat Italian food. This is what you're playing for, this country. And Czech Republic is a bunch of actual accountants, actual, like, teachers. Teachers are going to be playing versus Major League Baseball players all day long. And 
they're excited. Like their level of excitement is through the roof because they got qualified because they beat uh, powerhouse Germany to get into the uh, world baseball classes. They're going to get absolute slaughtered because they only have Eric Sogard and a bunch of teachers and like a, <laughs> a principal. A fireman. Yeah, a, literally a, a fireman, fireman is the one who, who closed out the game versus Germany. Oh. And so oh, they wow. you can't script wow. that, can you? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so it is so like, as Jared said, it's so enthralling to see <laughs> other teams of other countries get excited about baseball because Czech Republic Probably like their sixth or seventh most popular sport is baseball, and they're out there just is giving their all. High? I, yeah, that's pretty high. Bro. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty high. <laughs> I know they love hockey. I know they yeah. probably love soccer. Yeah. And shout out to Yarmir Yager. And basketball, too. So, yeah, yeah, it's way down there. But these guys are just over the moon for their three or four games they get to play and then get their ass sit back to the Czech Republic. <laughs> well, I, I, I think I, I got a bet against Mike Piazza now that he took the entire team to Italy and was like, this, friends, is what you're playing for. He's like, Forza! So, he said it's build, so American, uh, too. Oh, Forza! He's trying. Build, Mike Piazza's trying. The question is, this had, connection. had Mike Piazza been to Italy before that trip? He, was that, that just as much for him as it was for No, he's, he's been to Italy multiple times, but... And he played for Team Italy, I think, in one of the first uh, World Baseball Classics. But, uh, yeah, he's been there for a minute. He's He doesn't speak yeah. the language as you should <laughs> if you've been there a couple of times. Yeah, because he spoke that Forza like an English person. I do enjoy some of the players who... Because he is. I mean, yeah. yeah. Isn't he from California? <laughs> yeah. I, would, I would at least say, you know, put a little funk on that. Forza. His uncle is Tommy Lasorda. Yeah, put a little funk on it. No, Benintendi did not make it. I don't know if he turned down the invite, but he didn't make the team. I mean, he. I would assume he would have made the team if he tried. Yeah, right. There's eight million Royals on the team. He could have been joining his former teammate Vinny Pasquantino or Naperville's finest Nicky Lopez when in the Italian team. Yeah, uh, but he's I, like, nah, I'm good. Okay, I, I want to go to Italy. Got to protect with Mike Piazza. Yeah, with Mike Piazza. <laughs> got to protect the seventy-five million dollar body. He well, the whole. Uh, the whole, um, what's it called? The medical was all delayed because he was on uh, vac- vacation. Was he getting his Italian vacation out of the way because he wasn't going to get the Mike Piazza trip? That's a good question. I don't yeah. know. Remember we were all worried about the, the Andrew Benatendi medical because Carlos we, Correa exists? We, we all were not. Yes. <laughs> <Was that laughs> you got a mouse in your pocket? <laughs> well, it was delayed. It was weird. Um, let's get into some stuff that happened, though. Uh, the horn guy was, you know, of minor detail. Uh, mainly what you wanted to focus on last night in the Cuba and uh, Netherlands game was Yoan Moncada and Luis Robert batting two and three. Uh, nothing really to report. Uh, Luis Robert did have a double. He had three strikeouts. Um, and then after his double, he tried to advance on a mm-hmm. ball that almost got away from Chadwick Trump. Uh, it did not. And then he was going to third, went back to second, and slid awkwardly, got tagged out. Um, so it wasn't a banner day for Cuba as they lost, I think, 4-2. He's used to those bigger bases already. That's the problem. Yeah, he's, but he's always had issues with going down, sliding. The book is international on uh, Luis Robert because they were just throwing him sliders, 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 and he was swinging at all those some bitches. I think they only saw two fastballs in his four at-bats, and all the rest were sliders or curveballs, and they know. And he was not you know, spitting on them like a major league player should be at this point, but it's early in his spring training too. But we did see Yoan Mancada in his first at-bat Spit on a couple close uh, pitches, so it was good to see him looking at the ball, seeing a little deeper, and taking his walk when it was presented to him. Yeah, uh, the the stuff that was really just worrisome from Luis, uh, if we want to pull up the swing stuff, you're right, two fastballs for Luis. One of them was just completely whiffed on. Uh, the guy, Tom DeBlock, uh, who started for the Netherlands, wasn't throwing anything that special. Um, Stephen Gottritt uh, in the comments was bringing up uh, uh, Yariel Rodriguez, who, for Cuba... Uh, mainly as a relief pitcher over in Japan. I think his longest outing was like one and two-thirds innings. They pitched him for 65 pitches. He yeah. went four innings. Jesus. They worked him. Mm. So that's why I'm thinking right now, the Lopez, I mean, Who's if, the a team's Cuban des- manager? if a team's desperate <laughs> enough, they're going to pitch him 180 innings. Um, but yeah, I I, uh, I I just found it uh, to be fascinating that, you know, Yoan and Luis were really dependent on for their offense. And I mean, they were... They, they looked kind of rough against some not top-tier pitching. I mean, Yaria Rodriguez was the best pitcher in that game Probably. for Cuba. Uh, and, you know, the Netherlands really didn't throw out anyone of major league caliber, all minor league guys, and the White Sox players didn't look that great. And I try not to overreact to 
something like this, even though the WBC does feel like a bigger stage, even though as far as like the, the caliber of some of the players, it's, it's might even be a step down in some cases, but it is a little concerning when you see those two guys struggling against the kinds of pitchers they were facing. Um, but I try to, again, try not to overreact and remove myself from that context and just think if this was an ordinary spring training game on March 7th, would I be that concerned that Luis Roberts struck out that many times? Probably not. Um, so, yeah, try, I'm trying not to overreact to one World Baseball Classic game. He would have hit the ball that struck him out in the first inning 490 feet if it was a regular season game because it was the biggest cement mixer slider I've ever seen in my life. Just right down the plate. Didn't do any movement. He could have mur murdered that ball. It's a different atmosphere out there. He's first time ever playing in Taiwan, I assume, and probably didn't know this pitcher's stuff. So, yeah, I'm not going to overreact to what he's doing. So, in the middle of the year, that ball is getting murdered. He's so, amped, mm -hmm. too. Oh, yeah. How, think how excited he must be to be to be playing for, for well, Team Cuba right now. Yeah, it's got to feel different. You put on that uniform, and it's, but, you know, there's a different... You know the energy. Changes. Panama was just in their first Panama. wave. Ball. <laughs> dun, dun. Um, we need like the the drum like fill after that uh, as a sound drop. Um, but I mean that was their first time in the World Baseball Classic. They hung twelve on the home country Taipei. I yeah. mean they were probably feeling juiced. But, yeah, you know, they they've, got they've, swinging they've, got they've got Sean Anderson bulletin board material hanging up in the clubhouse. That's good. why I'll put a lot for Luis Robert. Yeah, Chinese Taipei is not good at baseball. <laughs> Netherlands is a little bit better. They got actual major league players on their team. They didn't have any major league pitchers, friends. No, that's, they that's, don't. All, that's all I'm saying. I, I I I just wanted to see a little bit more uh from Luis and maybe it just was a lot reminiscent of twenty twenty two Luis Robert and Luis Robert Jr. Uh, and Yuan Moncada. Um because uh, again, you mentioned the scouting reports. We don't think the White Sox in 2022 had that good of a scouting reports. Pedro Grafal is now the guy. He he's he's studied. He's he's done all the work. He loves all those numbers. Um, not to try to say Tony Larusa isn't because there's you know reports that he's spent just as much time as, as the clubhouse as Pedro Grafal has. You know there's not like he's spending an inordinate amount of time. But anyways, we just felt like the scouting reports for the White Sox were pretty difficult. Anytime there was a right hander with a slider, the White Sox were going to struggle. It just seemed like the same thing with Luis Robert. Uh, yesterday hopefully that changes with more White Sox data more data on MLB pitchers um, but it, it is concerning just because it's still the same thing it's still bad mechanics it's not like you know you could see that from a mile away I mean he's swinging at balls that are in the left-handed batter's box and his back foot is completely moving out and he's like bending over it's it's ugly I mean it doesn't mean it's going to happen you know April 4th against the the Giants but Right now, or in any like of the four games prior to that. Yeah, right. Um, I just, just thought of a He's like, I'm out. I only play at home. Um, yeah, uh, Robert though, just he was consistently facing pitches on the outside part of the plate, and you just wonder like if that's how you beat him. But I was even looking up like him versus sliders last night. He's 35th against sliders that are above 79 miles per hour uh, according to run values for batters since 2020, um, and he's 35th. Uh, on pitches under that that threshold as well so it's like he's just kind of you know he's, he's not bad he's positive run value against that pitch so it's weird how he looks just so bad on certain pitches um you know you really throw it down the middle that man's gonna hit it four thousand feet but you know just kind of move it a little bit over well in in uh in chinese taipei it's probably meters probably meters <laughs> <laughs> it is probably meters um so the dr play today um, and we got to take another break. Uh, we'll talk about where Luis Robert played. Uh, we talked about, you know, the most important position players, and we mentioned Luis as an outfielder. Aloy. Aloy. What yes. did I say? Luis. Luis. Um, yeah, Aloy as an outfielder. Aloy played left field today for the Dominican Republic. Uh, today is your uh, – got to get into your DraftKings pick of the week. Uh, the pick of the week uh, for CHGO Bets Daily is 2-0 so far, and the one that Cody and I have come up with today is Texas Tech plus four. Texas Tech plus four. They're taking on West Virginia in the Big Ten tournament. We are two and zero. We went with Big Saint, Twelve tournament. Big Twelve. My lord. That's uh, we went with St. Thomas on Monday at plus thirteen. Uh, yesterday we went with Fairleigh Dickinson plus four. Two and zero. Damn. Um, we're going with Texas Tech plus four. All right. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook. It's an easy pick because they're not all the way Dickinson. They're just fairly Dickinson. <laughs> just fairly. Uh, <laughs> How long have you been holding on? You have no kids. Zero. How are you telling these dad jokes? Ready to go. Yeah. Ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> Download the app now and sign up with code CHGO. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sportsbook partner of the NBA with code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Also got to let you know about FOCO. Chicago already got the best coverage for your favorite sports team, so get fitted in the best sports gear around. FOCO has you covered from Soldier Field to the front room, north or south side with hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Get decked out like tomorrow with apparel from the leaders in sports merch and collectibles. FOCO, if you're looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life, FOCO's got you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. So check out FOCO.com, that's F-O-C-O.com, or click the link in the description below. For all non-presale items, use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. And got to let you know about game time. I got Marcos hanging out in the comments, and I know that he's always buying tickets on game time. He's always taking advantage of all the great deals that are going on in Chicago and, uh, you know, hitting up events. We're going to the Big Ten tournament tomorrow. Yeah. Go uh, and buy some tickets on game time if you want to go see the Big Ten tournament. Game time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. And if you've ever dreamed of a perfect seat whether it be at the 50 yard line behind home plate floor seats at a concerts right on the glass at a hockey game it is possible with the game time app the biggest last minute price drops can be found on seats you never thought you could buy so if you're really excited to go see uh ohio state play tomorrow hopefully they win uh we'll see them play iowa possibly maybe it will be wisconsin i don't know uh but if you really want to get floor side tickets check out game time right before the game starts you won't find a better deal this season uh then on game time. It was created by the fans for the fans and it guarantees the lowest price. If you love CHGO, then you love game time. Best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. Join our 15 million people who have downloaded the game time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. All right. Uh, Dominican Republic played uh, an exhibition today. Aloy was in left field. Um, I don't know if he played there too long, but we might see some Aloy in left field. We kind of wondered where his playing time would come from uh, yesterday with all the players at uh, in the outfield at DH. Um, tough to find some spots there for him uh but tim anderson also figure out where he's going to be playing how he's going to be playing uh with team usa uh trey turner starting shortstop for team usa what do we expect rotation wise like will trey turner get three starts in the the first four pool games for team usa do we think mark derosa will spread it out because team usa whether they're facing great britain with trey turner or tim anderson I think they're going to win. Um, do we think this is going to be like all-star kind of pass the ball level? I, I get that vibe a little bit. I mean, I think, you know, obviously the these teams are trying to win. But, I mean, I, I remember what I keep saying. This is a Major League Baseball event. You know, it would make sense that Major League Baseball wants to showcase all of its stars. And particularly a guy like Tim Anderson, who I will continue to argue is one of the faces of baseball because of his personality, because of, uh, you know, the you know we got him right there doing the bat flip. But, I mean, just in general, uh, he, he is a guy who kind of represents a new style of this game. And I think you're going to want to put that on display when you're trying to get people to watch this event, when you're trying to get people to watch more baseball. Um, Tim Anderson with USA across his jersey is a pretty cool thing for a lot of people out there to see. And uh, whether he's doing all sorts of uh, bat flippy stuff or if he's just playing and playing well, that's a good thing to show off. So I think we'll see plenty of Tim Anderson. Listen, Trey Turner's really damn good. And so, yeah, there's going to be plenty of Trey Turner also. Um, I don't know if anybody's going to be sitting there with a stopwatch to figure out uh, to make sure they've got equal playing time out there. But I, I don't think you're uh, looking at this like you would in a video game and being like, all right, well, Trey Turner's at the top of the depth chart. The only way we're ever going to see TA is if the pinch hitter is needed or anything like that. No, I think uh, it'll get mixed up pretty well. And especially in some of these early games, like you said, when you're playing somebody like Great Britain, then you can you can afford to – and it's it seems silly to even say, like, going from Trey Turner to Tim Anderson as if that's some kind of a massive downgrade <laughs> or something. Um, every manager dreams of having that problem, but – I think kind of, Vinny, it made me think about something you said earlier. With an event like this, because baseball does feel very local, there's a lot of fans that will want to watch Team USA because, you know, if you're a, a Chicago fan, you're a White Sox fan, you want to watch because you want to see Tim Anderson playing. Um, the same as you watch some of these other countries because you want to see your guys. And a smart manager, and I believe that somebody like DeRosa is, is that, 
is aware of that fact. And so there is a little bit of the all-star game feel to it, especially early on. Team USA is is pretty stacked this year, and I think you know there's higher hopes this this time around than maybe in years past. So as they advance further, you maybe that starts to change. But again, it all feels kind of silly because you're talking about Trey Turner and Tim Anderson. So it's, I mean, can't lose half. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think just as we discussed with Jose Abreu last year, how he would be off the uh, off the field and he'd just be like aggravating everybody on the bench. That's kind of what Tim's going to be. He's like, you're going to have me on the bench all the time, D-Row? Hey, how about the time you did a whole damn segment of me bat-flipping, talking to him? Like, put me in the damn game. And as these guys have said, Tim is a all-star shortstop, starting all-star shortstop for the AL last year. It'll be to D-Row's detriment if he's not putting him into the game as much as he can. And I know Trey Turner's good, but equal time right there should be the uh, the order of the day. I think he's probably going to start a guy versus Great Britain, and the other guy's going to get the next day start and continue to do that until you get into the elimination round. Whichever one plays the best will probably get the lion's share of the time. Yeah, that's a pretty good way to put it. Um, you know, we wonder too with the whole Mookie Betts thing, where if he's going to play second base, if Jack McNeil's going to get playing time, uh, Bobby Witt's on this team as well. He probably won't get as much run, probably the least amount of run. Just assuming with his, he's it, pretty good too. He is. He's pretty good. Um, <laughs> hey, maybe I don't. I mean, I don't know. I mean, would you be shocked to see Bobby Witt outplay Tim Tim here? I again, I don't I think it's that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think guys are going to get starts. You go out there and play. Maybe later in the game, there's a matchup that you want to that you want to switch it up. But I again, I think when you say all star game kind of vibe, I get that over just stretch it over the course of a tournament versus just right. one night. And I see Bobby Witt more as a like a pinch runner, pinch runner yeah. type of deal with that club. He'll get his time, but more pinch runner than the other two are going to be starting games. And you want to have a Bobby Witt in the game late in the game if you have a slugger who's kind of slow. Bobby Witt yeah. taking over for well, him. And he played third base, so you know he could be a defensive replacement for Nolan Arenado. A defensive replacement Stop for it. Nolan Arenado. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That was done on purpose. Uh, let's get to the quote just because uh, Connor is bringing it up. Uh, Dave's bringing up D-Row as well. Um, I guess D- Dave wasn't really bringing it up, but you brought up the, the MLB Network soapbox thing. Um, so and, of course, my contact got screwed up when I rubbed my eyes, so I actually can't read that. I can read it, um, kind of. No, and finally, White Sox. I just got to close This is from eye. Ken Rosenthal with The Athletic. Thank you. Yes. This is from Ken Rosenthal with The Athletic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to do my job. Thank you, Vinny. Uh, DeRosa said, I need the bat flip. Anderson said, you're going to get it. That was a, a first, definitely, but I think it's the right setting. We're playing exciting ball. We don't have... One team behind us. We've got the whole country. Of course, they want to see something that's going to get them fired up. Um, D-Row's whole point was like, you know, everyone's got to be on it and, you know, let the kids play. And you can't be showing up somebody because then that might ruin their career. I just wonder. Like, this is something that happened, I'm guessing. I, yeah, I sorry. don't pay attention uh, in, to a lot of media beefs. So, yeah. In 2019, after Tim sure. did that, yes. um, the next day, Mark DeRosa was stewing on about MLB the bat Network. flip. Very and, unhappy. And, and he, yes. he needed old a school, like his old school unwritten rule business. He needed yeah. to pour his his heart out about this and stand on a soapbox about how, Literally. Uh, no. about how you know. Where do you find a soapbox these days? Oh, well, they got it for him. <laughs> uh, but he st- stood up there being like, you know, everyone has to be on the same page. So if you're going to bat flip, I'm fine with you getting undressed. I'm, I, it's just whatever. And his whole point was, I guess they're on the same point or page here just being like it's the right time right it's it, it means something which it's just bs um I, I i know that it's bringing up something from what three years ago at this point four years ago at this point mm-hmm. from 2019 um it's just weird like it's, pedro grafal was in the other dugout uh, as well mm-hmm. um like great britain this guy is the first time he's representing his country uh we talk about how much pride this is and if he gets clowned on with tim anderson taking him deep and he, tim anderson like chucks his bat like how is that any different than brad keller who's getting paid millions right. of dollars to go throw a baseball like why does brad keller get to commit assault because he's wearing a royals jersey and not you know great britain or team usa it's stupid idiotic thinking it's a bat people baseball players and managers long time ago Idiot. didn't write it in the book and they were like, oh, everybody should just know that you don't pimp a home run. No fun here. But now, World Baseball Classic, have all the fun you want. Well, that's such a strange mean? thing to suggest. Like, But in this setting, it's okay. Don't you dare do it in a game against the Royals in, what was that, like April? Wasn't that really mm-hmm. early in the season? 
you know, not okay there, but in this setting, it's fine. Um, I, I mean, I like the spirit of, hey, be yourself, play the way that you play, whatever that looks like. If you're a guy that flips your bat, then flip your bat. That's the approach that I would take if I was a manager. But it's really bizarre to, you know, lecture him from afar via your show on MLB Network. And then now that you're face-to-face with him in a clubhouse, say, hey, but here in this setting, it's okay. I need that bat flip. Um, yeah, if, if Tim Anderson probably handled it better than I would have in his shoes. And by the way, since you've read that DraftKings read in the Texas Tech, plus three and a half now. There it goes. Cody, we're making a difference. We're moving lines here. Oh, Cody. I thought I heard he his gone. voice. Cody's he gone. Because I, um, I was trying to get at four. It he's, moved he's already. Off to, he's off to place that bet. So I got it at three and a half. Yeah, Son man. of a bitch. I got a three and a half, but I got a plus 118. So there you go. Uh, anyways, that's going to do it for the CHGO White Sox podcast. Um, I also think, too, like uh, Tom Lawless has one of the best bat flips ever. Like Tom Lawless didn't really have a, a cachet to be bat flipping in the World yeah. Series against Frank Viola, who's like, you know, a, a long tenured veteran, but he didn't get beaned or undressed. Right. Weirdos. Just play baseball. Um, anyways, <laughs> that's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. That's Jared Willis. Thank you for stopping by, Jared. You can follow him on Twitter, at J Willis, and it is Wise instead of Eyes. When's the next episode of Straight Smoke coming? It is coming in a couple of days, Friday or Saturday. Keep, right. a, keep a lookout for it. And pay attention on the YouTube channel, right? CHGO YouTube. All right, and it's a little short. You get to smoke a little cigar with our, right. our guy, Jared. Smoke a cigar, talk some baseball. It's good stuff. Probably some world baseball. Maybe I don't want to. It's your. It, I don't. It's your your show. I don't want. You'll have to tune in, people. <laughs> and that's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Eckner Twenty Three. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you to Stephen Nicholas for producing the show, and thank you to everyone for hanging out with us in the chat. We will talk to you not tomorrow, but Friday at two p.m. We're going to the Big Ten tournament, so no show tomorrow, but we will be there uh, on Friday at two p.m. So talk to you then.